Welcome to Welcome to the Hallwall Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 4, Episode 11 of Charmed. Trial by Magic! Which, weird name for an episode, considering it's all about Paige's boyfriend, fuck buddy, regular friend who she occasionally fucks, getting stretching powers. Glenn? We've met him before. We met him in in the past life episode. Yes, yes. He was the one who's like, it would be dumb if I played the prince, get get Ben from uh, Buffy to play the prince. Yes. But, yeah, we, we just watched the trailer for this, which, by the way, we need to start watching the trailers for all the episodes. I bet the ones for uh, Charmed Again were fantastic. Yeah, there's nary a trial in sight in that trailer. It's all about Glenn getting stretching powers, which... Despite the fact that this episode is, in fact... Your classic, classic 12 Angry Men plot trailer. Not to not to do the Buffy thing way too early in the episode, but how did Buffy never do that plot? That's such an like, obvious plot for a magic show. That is weird. If you know what's funny, though? I keep thinking that Buffy did it because Veronica Mars did it. Mm. And they're kind of like the same spot in my head there. Oh yeah, I I used to hear uh, Veronica Mars described all the time as Buffy if no one had magic powers and there weren't demons. Or like Buffy meets Nancy Drew minus magic. I mean, that's not what I I, I did. Actually, I I heard that sometimes. the, The ones I usually heard were Buffy without magic or Nancy Drew but grown up. There you go. I never read Nancy Drew. I was I just going to say people say Nancy Drew, but grown up didn't read Nancy Drew. <laughs> Although we got like, what, two episodes into that new Nancy Drew show and it was just not good. Yeah, I don't it, I don't know why it didn't grab me. And I was really expecting to like it because I unexpectedly loved Riverdale. But I guess that's not surprising. Lots of people unexpectedly loved Riverdale. I feel like they did the supernatural thing way too early. Like Riverdale waited for like three or four seasons before okay magic's real but like second episode of nancy drew they're doing like seances and stuff i actually think nancy drew suffered because of veronica mars like i feel like they probably felt they had to do something other than just be veronica mars which i mean if to you be were... fair that's what you should do you should just be veronica mars veronica mars is basically it's it's a it is basically an adaptation of nancy drew yeah she's the same dynamic with her dad and everything like come on i know but this isn't welcome to neptune yes this is not welcome to neptune a a show by the way that my mother who loves veronica mars keeps begging me to do she really really wants us to do welcome to neptune we'll have very nice things to say about the first season and then things will go downhill from there i was gonna say if we do if we ever did do a welcome to neptune we might only be able to do the first season I've never seen a show take that steep a nosedive in quality that quickly. Well, see, for me, it's not just the dip in quality. Like, it's fine. It, it's fine. It's She gets less confident every season. It's Honestly, the thing that's unforgivable for me, and I'm just going to say this so people who have seen Veronica Mars know what I'm talking about, people who don't know spoilers, but the most unforgivable thing is the way they retcon a trip to the dentist. Like, to me, that's unforgivable, and I refuse to accept it. That's not retconned in my head. That's still that's still what happened. Charmed. So this episode is a twelve angry men episode. Which it's a good it's a good premise, especially for a supernatural show like Charmed. It's a really good plug and play uh stock plot. Yeah. Now, since I actually have a juris doctorate, mm-hmm. I I did go to law school. I uh 
I feel like I feel like people look to me when these plots come up and are like, is that the way that happens? And I want to just say, no, it's never accurate. 12 Angry Men plots are never accurate. In fact, 12 Angry Men, the original, is a really good example of a tainted jury. Mm. Because Henry Fonda comes in with outside information that he got in order to, like, prove a point. It's just... Spoiler alert. (laughs) Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. When Henry Fonda throws the knife on the table in 12 Angry Men, it's a very powerful cinematic moment, and the whole thing is a mistrial. I mean, to be fair, the thing about jury deliberations are they are secret, so unless one of the other jury members tells the judge what happened, Mm. it is going to fly. You know what? That's what I should say about... You know what? That's what I should, should point out. Jury deliberations are secret, and spoilers for the end of this episode, they are going to get memory dusted. So, yeah, this is exactly the way it would happen, because none of those jurors are reporting shit to that judge. They're all getting their white lighter memory dust. So, there's a little tip for you in our listening audience. If you want to tamper with a jury, the best time is during uh, deliberation. Oh, I no, thought you were going to say if you want to tamper with a jury, you make sure that you have some white lighter <laughs> memory dust on you. I mean, that's also very, it's good stuff to have. The show kind of forgets about it later, doesn't it? Like, Well, actually, I think we talked about this when we were watching this episode. I think this episode does a good job of explaining why you can't just use it willy-nilly. Yeah. Also, don't tamper with juries. What, Max? Don't tell <laughs> I mean, I know they don't exist yet, and they don't do anything once they do exist, but this really feels like maybe the sort of thing the cleaner should have hit, you know, lended a hand with, but... Or do they just kill people? I'm pretty sure the cleaner... Well, they, they erase them from existence, yeah, so... which is technically different than killing, I guess. Although they got all mad when the avatars did that. They were like, oh, they're killing people. I don't think the cleaners should have jumped in here. I mean, doesn't this feel like it should be part of their job, like, wiping people's memories when they find out about magic? Okay. I know that they're just trying to cover up exposure, and they usually, I guess, do that by erasing people from reality, but I feel like a lot of their job should just be altering memories. So, we talk a lot about the way rules are inconsistent. Yes. Pretty sure we're going to have some molecular combustion in this episode. Mm Mm-hmm. And further, I want to say that I know that Charmed is not Angel. Yes. But Phoebe's premonitions do lead her to who their innocent is. We're never explicitly told that her premonitions are given to her by the powers that be and that therefore they guide her where she's supposed to go. But her premonitions directly tell her that she is supposed to sway this jury. So I kind of feel like at that point, anything they do is fair game. The molecular combustion that we're going to talk about. You know what? This is a mess. This show is a mess, but this episode I really loved. So let's get into it. Okay. I know we've been talking for a while, but I do want to mention before we get into it. This is one of the first episodes of Charmed I ever saw. Interesting. I don't remember the exact situation. I think I might have been traveling with... uh, My mom used to go to conferences all the time for her work. Uh Uh-huh. And my dad and I used to come with her. And I... I have this, I think it was during one of those, I have this very strong memory of watching this episode and the episode where Phoebe can't decide whether or not to marry Cole 
So she calls a version of herself from the past and a version of herself from the future to the present so she can ask them if it's a good idea to marry Cole. That's also coming up soon. I'm excited for that. Yeah, those are the first two episodes of Charmed I ever saw. Okay, honestly, I feel like that's a good time to come in. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like this was a good entry point, especially because, as we mentioned before, it is a, it, it's a plug-and-play plot. Yeah. It's it's a pre-made plot that you can just slot your characters into and have that be the plot of the episode. Uh, just for fun, I went to the TV Tropes page for 12 Angry Men when we were done. Which, by the way, the trope on TV Tropes is called Rogue Juror. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I went to the TV Tropes page just for fun. And I know that it's a plot that gets used a lot, but I had no idea how often. Like, there are so many listings for it. I really like the leverage one. The one where they steal a jury. Yes, I do as well. I'm sorry. We should, it's been like 10 minutes. We should get into the actual episode. I guess we should. So the episode opens with, uh, with all of the sisters fighting over breakfast. I, I feel like this is the sort of domestic scene we haven't really seen that much since we lost Prue. I actually was thinking how nice it is that it's showing that they're kind of meshed now because all three of them are in the kitchen doing their morning routine and that. And Phoebe is just very, she's excited, but she's also like, I need my coffee because I'm a very important person because I am on a jury. I love how much ego she's got about this. And Paige is like, tell me about the case. I want to know about the case. And and Phoebe's like, Paige, you lowly peasant, you can't expect me to tell you the private information the state of California has entrusted in me, Phoebe Hallowell, proud American citizen. Okay, a few things. Phoebe is right, and Paige and Piper are terrible for pushing her about this. Jury deliberations are secret. Mm. She should not be telling them that. But also, okay, you know, I was like... I'm not going to come in and complain about the law being wrong on fucking Charmed, but here we are. Here we are. Except I'm not even talking about the law being wrong. It's just... Shouldn't she be sequestered? No, no, that's... That actually doesn't happen that often. Oh. And the reason that you sequester a jury is when there's a lot of media surrounding a trial, and you want to keep the jury from getting outside information, right? So it's not so much that Phoebe will tell them what's happening in the jury room, although she's not supposed to, it's that they will tell her outside information uh. that she, you know, shouldn't have heard. So the thing is, jury deliberations haven't started yet, right? They start in this episode. All that's happened so far is the trial itself. And listen, listen, you ghouls, if you're so excited about the trial, you could have gone and watched the trial. That part's not a secret. Does California have open courtrooms? Yes. I, you know what? I didn't double check it, but I'm going to go ahead and say yes. It's very unusual for them to not be open. Hmm. So, yeah. I guess they just can't be televised. So that's the thing. Yes. Uh, and, that, and that varies jurisdiction to jurisdiction. They could absolutely have gone and watched. So, yeah, that's that. The other thing is that they're kind of teasing her because she's, like, all full of her civic duty. And her sisters are telling her, oh, you must be the only person in the world who's excited about jury duty, you freak. And I'm here to tell you, 
a few things. First of all, people generally are excited about jury duty. They've done studies and, okay. Yeah, it gives you power over people that you get to judge. Those are the two things people love the most. What you need to understand, what you need to understand is that the majority of trials in America end before the trial stage. Like, the the majority of things are settled before we actually get to court. Mm. But when they call people for jury duty, they fill that jury room with enough people for all of the trials that they have scheduled that day, even though a lot of them are going to settle before mm. it actually before that actually happens. As a result, a lot of what jury duty is, is sitting in the jury room for a full day and doing nothing. That's not fun. People hate that. Although I will say having gone to jury duty both in Alabama and here in Oregon, mm-hmm. In Alabama, we were, like, in a terrible room with folding chairs. In Multnomah County, they have a really nice jury room. Like, they make it really comfortable. There's, like, a little library with that people have stocked with various, like, kind of airport books if you want to sit and read if you didn't bring anything. Like, oh. and there's, there's Wi-Fi. So, last time I was on jury duty, I actually worked from the jury room while I was on jury duty. It, it's, it's nice in Multnomah. But also... People who actually get put on juries tend to have positive feelings about their jury duty. And when people ask me, because if you get a JD, it's like the second most common thing you're asked is how do I get out of jury duty? And the answer I always give people is you shouldn't. You should serve. It's your civic duty. Mm. And also you get paid to judge people, why in the world would you want to get out of jury duty? I've only ever had jury duty once, and I missed it because it was in Connecticut when I was in school in Boston. Uh-huh. So I sent in, like, an excuse form or something where I'm like, I'm not currently in the state. If I've had jury duty since then it had to have been sent to a house where i don't live because i have not got a jury duty summons yeah is it still a mail thing they sent it to you by mail yeah well we haven't gone through our mail so god knows i'm sorry charmed we should get back we are talking about charmed we are talking about charmed so they're they're bugging phoebe for details about the case and she's like all i can tell you is that this guy's gonna fry because we're all we all know how super guilty he is and, yeah which yeah okay i i do i was i was i was ragging on Paige and piper for hassling her to find out what's going on with the trial i will say that this is part of the theme of this episode right Paige is like we can keep secrets you know how the whole thing about how we're witches and we don't <laughs> tell anybody so th- that's going to be kind of the theme of this episode is actually how they they can't keep secrets yeah phoebe has a not great attitude going into jury duty she's as i said she's like i'm really excited to punish this murderous douchebag legally this time for once it'll be nice to get kudos for for vanquishing the bad guy and it's like that is not a good attitude to go into jury duty with also the jury doesn't get thanked for voting guilty who are you bill dotrieve I mean, the jury does get thanked, though, for their service. Yeah, but do you remember that bit from uh, King of the Hill? Where uh, I, I think Hank gets jury duty. 
Uh-huh. And uh, Bill talks about how much he likes jury duty and how good he is at, he is at it because uh, on all 12 juries he's served on, the guy's been declared guilty. And Hank's like, you know, it's not your job to, you know, send the guy to jail. And, and Bill's like, yeah, it is. Oh. I feel, I'm getting a lot of that energy from Phoebe here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think I've made it in a secret on this podcast that I myself am anti-carceral. Mm-hmm. And by the way, if you ever do get a summons for jury duty, do me a favor and Google the phrase jury nullification. Jury nullification is a fun law. I, or not a law, I guess it's a legal principle is what you would call it. Jury nullification basically is that the jury is kind of that last bulwark against injustice and unjust laws. At the end of the day, if you have an unjust law, but it's gotten through the legislature, uh, it's gone through court and it's been found, you know, it's been upheld, it's been unjustly applied or however, the last defense is that a jury can just decide, you know what, fuck it, he, he or she or they obviously broke the law but it's an unjust law so fuck it not guilty that's called jury nullification if a jury does that that's just that's just the way it goes jury nullification but the attorneys are not allowed to bring up the concept of jury nullification like you're not allowed to tell a jury hey by the way if you think this person is guilty but you think the law is unjust just vote not guilty as as a as an officer of the court you're not allowed to tell the jury that so this is me telling you, Google the phrase jury nullification if you ever get jury duty. So charmed. Hey, you you were talking about how to you were talking about how to swear a jury before. So in charmed. Uh Phoebe is leaving for her jury not to nullify it, just to convince. No, she her. wants the guy to fry. Yeah. And Glenn enters. We all remember Glenn. It's Glenn. He was that guy from that one episode. He's, he's, he's back from Australia. Yeah. I was going to say he's pages, sometimes boyfriend, always best friend since childhood. And honestly, I kind of love this kind of relationship where it's like, we are best friends and sometimes we fuck and sometimes we don't, but we're just best friends. Yeah. I really wish Glenn had stuck around more. I mean, I know it's charmed doesn't really ever have a supporting cast outside of the family uh-huh that's that's always a thing until billy basically well i mean here here we see why uh she tells him because he's gonna stay with her so she's like yay go put your stuff in my room and when he goes upstairs piper's like you you can't have mortals stay here we're fucking witches yeah yeah yeah, maybe keep that in mind. I mean, I know it's different, but maybe keep that in mind when you're throwing Wyatt birthday parties in the manor later in the show. Ugh. Like, all of this stuff with... But, yeah, if 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 you don't want to risk exposure, it's probably better not to host people at the manor. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we go to the trial, and can we, can we yell about Phoebe right now? Can we just yell about Phoebe? All right. So... This guy that she's so sure is guilty, the reason she's sure he's guilty is because his, well, first of all, the victim is his ex-wife, and we know from the world that it's always the husband, right? The husband mm-hmm. or the ex-husband. Mm-hmm. But the victim was his ex-wife, and 
he led the police to her body and there's no explanation for why he knew where the body was and the flimsy explanation that he provided is that he had a premonition and we all know that that's nonsense right phoebe well to be not fair to phoebe at all because it's bullshit but to be fair to phoebe most seers in this series are women outside of um Bo, the Native American guy from the past who's uh-huh. stuck in that time loop thing. And apparently this guy, also I guess kind of Leo when he's an elder, but not really in any situation where that would like come in handy. But seeing into the future seems to be mostly a lady job here. I guess. I mean, no, no, you don't need to hand it to Phoebe. Yeah, you don't need to hand it to Phoebe at all. You have premonitions, Phoebe. Come on. So, by the way, now the the prosecutor is passing the the dagger, the dagger that was used in the murder around to the jury, which I feel like is just more prejudicial than yeah, like evidential. Like I don't feel. But why, why is the defense attorney not stepping in when she's like, "Hey, everyone, touch the knife that that guy used to murder his ex-wife. Feel how heavy it is in your hands." Picture him stabbing her over and over and over again, and and the defense guy's not doing anything. Well, the defense attorney, I feel like, is terrible because later on in this episode when they go and they talk to him to try to figure out what the premonitions mean, he has a very good explanation for who actually killed his wife that turns out to be true, and nobody followed up. I, I just feel like this guy's not doing his job. Anyway... Of course, as soon as Phoebe touches the knife, she has a premonition, or as as we would say, a past monition mm-hmm. of the murder. Yes, she sees that the guy who stabbed this woman to death has a Medusa tattoo on his wrist, which so it's on his it's on his forearm. It's, it's up by his elbow. Yeah, it's it's on his forearm, and luckily, luckily, the defendant is wearing a short sleeve shirt, and he's stretching just as Phoebe gets the premonition, the past monition. And so she sees that he doesn't have this Medusa tattoo, which is really weird, I feel like. I I don't know how modern it is, but Medusa tattoos are, are usually gotten like by sexual assault survivors as kind of a reclaiming your power thing. That might not have been a thing back in the early 2000s. I know it's a thing with a lot of women's shelters that they have the Medusa head thing. but Yeah, it is. I also don't know how old that is, though. I just feel like the Medusa doesn't have anything to do thematically or, you know, or or with the guy. Like, it could have been literally anything and it was a Medusa tattoo, but whatever. I know it's weird to comment on something that's not in this episode, but I feel like it's been a really long time since we've had the 2,000 hours of opening shots of San Francisco. Because the credits happen and then we're bam, right in the jury room. Okay, I'm glad you said that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say one more thing about the tattoo. Okay. Even though it's not going to come up until later. Okay. So we know we're going to talk later about who actually did the killing. And this guy was a magician. His wife kept the books for the theater that does the magic shows. And the owner is in league with demons and also stealing money and keeping dirty books, right? So that's who committed the murder. And... He's not sure if this guy has a tattoo. 
how long must he have worked for this guy and he doesn't know whether or not he has a tattoo? Piper sees it immediately. What the heck? So I just wanted to throw that out so I don't forget about it because it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, but I guess it's necessary to make the plot work. Whatever. Also, no, no, not whatever. Because also, like I said, later when Piper and Leo go to talk to him, he's like, yeah, I think the guy who did it is this guy. And it's like, okay, you had the same past munition as Phoebe. You didn't think to look and see if he had a tattoo then? The tattoo you haven't seen in the, like, ten years you've worked for him? I guess he did, right? No, because he says he doesn't know if he has a tattoo or not. Oh, no, I meant, uh... Oh, yeah, he did have the same past munition as Phoebe. Okay, because I was like, I know that his premonition at the time led him to his wife or led the police to his wife's body i guess maybe it was just in the room she got stabbed in oh you know what maybe he did have a different one okay okay that that tiny part of my complaint retracted (laughs) okay maybe he just had a vision of where her body was okay okay so okay so we're in the (laughs) i was gonna say in 12 in in the actual teleplay of 12 or in the actual movie of 12 angry men Mm mm-hmm we, there are also no establishing shots. Uh, 12 Angry Men is interesting because it was written for television and then made into a movie. Like Merlin's Shop of Mystical Wonders, which we can't get into because it's a whole different thing. But Yes, like that. Uh, and it's a stage play now, but it was originally written, but it was always written for the screen. And the, the cinematography in 12 Angry Men is iconic. And one of the things is that there are not any establishing shots. So it makes sense that there are no establishing shots of San Francisco. Also, the way it is shot is kind of trying to emphasize the way all of these people are trapped in this room together arguing. Mm -hmm. And they want you to start to feel the claustrophobia. So when it starts, it starts with like a really long shot of the jury room pulled back, watching the, the fan so slowly, weakly spin because it's also very hot in this jury room and the camera just slowly but unrelentingly gets closer and tighter and tighter through the whole film until like you you feel what they're feeling in that jury room and a lot of those shots are taken like exactly for this episode but it's not done in the very methodical fashion it just they're just randomly thrown in there and it just reminded me of Roger Ebert's line from his review of Battlefield yeah. Earth. Yeah. Where he said that the director heard of Dutch angles and knows that sometimes people hold the camera diagonally, but not why or when or for what reason. So he just does it all the time. And that's what I was thinking of watching this episode. They know that there are no establishing shots, but they don't know why. So... Now Phoebe has to convince this entire jury room full of people that this man that they're all very, very eager to convict is not actually guilty with basically no evidence. Yep. Now, to be fair, it's the job of the state to provide the evidence. And how much evidence could they have possibly provided? I guess I guess the evidence is that he knew where the body was. I guess that's the evidence. Yeah. So, hey, look at that jury foreman. Let's just put that in our back pocket for now. But yes, look at that jury foreman. Speaking of premonitions. <laughs> so Phoebe, as everyone's sitting down to vote guilty, Phoebe's like, I have to go to the bathroom. And she just, she, run, she runs into the bathroom. That's a really nice door. 
the bathroom door. I guess court buildings yeah, are nice. Yeah, because they're old. And yeah. yeah. Uh, it just struck me as a weirdly realistic note that they have this kind of nice door for this fake bathroom, presumably. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense because they have to be, she has to be able to like go to a place where presumably other people can't hear her. It makes sense to me that a jury room in an old courthouse in California would have kind of a nice bathroom attached to it. But she goes into the bathroom and calls for Leo. It's great. She's she's whisper calling. She's Leo, Leo. And Leo warps in and he's like, Phoebe, this is a bathroom. She tells him that he he has to take her to the manor so that she can fill in her sisters about what's going on. I love that she gives the whole explanation of the you know situation. She's like, so the jury that I'm on until Leo teleported me out with his magic angel powers is trying a guy who said that he had a premonition about where his wife's body, ex-wife's body was. And then I had a premonition of her getting murdered and it wasn't by the guy who's on trial. So now we all have to use our magic witch powers to figure out who the actual murderer is. And Glenn's just like sitting in the corner with his face behind a magazine like, hmm. What? <laughs> also, I, I do credit. Okay, credit to Piper and Paige that they do give her shit for being like, wait, wait, wait. You didn't believe him because his defense was premonitions? Bitch! What? Phoebe is so off her witch game this episode. Which it's we'll, so true. Which we will get into a lot later. There's a whole thing. I actually, I had to post about it on Twitter. Rest in peace, Twitter. Hopefully oh. not. Hopefully some other company will swoop in and buy it super cheap. No, I don't think so. I think Twitter's done, which is a shame because we'll suck it into that. So Paige kind of ushers Glenn out of the room and Piper grabs Phoebe by the hair and pulls her in and is like, go back to the jury room and stall. We'll look for the guy with the goddamn Medusa tattoo. This this couldn't have been that long, right? Because Leo orbs her back into the bathroom and one of the guys in the jury's banging on the door like, come out, we gotta deliberate. Like, Well, I mean, it's been long enough that they're concerned about her. They're like, did you pass out in there? So she comes out and she's like, it's fine. It's just women stuff. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm having a revelation here because in order to stall, she tells them that they're gonna have to go through all of the evidence twice. And the thing is, that's, you, sh- you should do that. Your jury. You should do that. That's good. Yes. And now I'm remembering my own jury duty and how we had to go through. Oh, my God. Okay. The jury I was on, it was such an open and shut case. And there was just one holdout. There was one rogue juror who was refusing to vote guilty. And he did. He made us go through all of the evidence like two or three times. It took us two days to deliberate, which should have been 10 minutes. And now I'm just like. Was, <laughs> you had a 12 angry was man. Was he doing a 12 angry man? Is this a bit? Huh. Because that's some commitment to a bit right there. Huh. I think he might have been doing a 12 angry man. So, back at the manor. Wait, I'm sorry. I, I just, my, my, my anti-cop, anti-carceral bias won't let me, won't let me let this go. Okay. One of the things was, because there was a taped confession from the guy, and when, you know, when the cop brought him in and was like, 
was like, listen, man, I'm on your side. I just want to hear what happened. I know what she said. I just want to know what you have to tell us. So just sit down and chat with me. Everything's going to be fine. And this this one holdout is like, I don't think we should. I think we should throw out that whole confession. The cops said everything was going to be fine. Everything is not fine. And this is just your reminder not to talk to the cops. So back in Charmed. Even if they say everything's going to be fine. Paige is bringing uh, Glenn lunch like she's his mom or something. Like she made him a little sandwich and she cut it in half and there's like a big glass of milk. I mean. I guess it's a nice thing to do for a house guest, but it seems weird. Like, I mean, I cook food and bring it to you and you cook food and bring it to me all the time. But we're not house guests. I mean, I guess it's a nice you thing. You should to... do it even more for a house uh, guest. I guess. It just feels weird to me. If there's someone you're friends with for a really long time to just, I guess part of what makes it feel weird is that Paige isn't eating anything. Yeah, I guess. But like, he can't go into the kitchen on his own and prepare something. It's not his kitchen. And honestly, it's not really Paige's kitchen yet either. Like she's, it's her house. She's one of the Hallowell sisters, even if not in name. Mm -hmm. So she can go prepare a meal, but it's not really her kitchen. It would be super awkward for him to go make a meal. Yeah, I guess. It's just weird that she's just bringing him a sandwich. I don't know. It feels weird that she's not eating anything. I guess. But she is kind of interrogating him a little. She's like, so what'd you hear? And he's like, uh, your sisters, enough so that your sisters seem kind of weird. Your sisters, my friend since childhood, apparently. Well, he, he knows everything that happened. He knows the whole, like... Yeah, but he's like, this is really weird, Paige. Like, I'm kind of worried about you. I, I know it's been, like, three years since your parents died or whatever, but, like, it feels really weird that you legitimately started talking to these women, like, a month ago, and then you moved in with them. And I've been talking, like... Because in my last episode, I was leaving town for a while, and and you said that you wanted to stay with your new sisters and not go, you know, explore the world with your best friend. So I feel like you've been pulling away from me, and I want to know if something's going on. And Paige is like, no. Okay, so he really reminded me of Andy here, actually. And I appreciate that he wasn't like, witches? What? Instead, he was like, Oh, these women are in a cult, Paige. Paige, you are in a cult now. Do we need to, like... Well, we haven't hit that yet, right? Right now, he's just suspicious of them. Yes, but his suspicions are grounded in, like, Oh, okay, I got it. A cult shit. Like, this is all real. This is true. And maybe Paige shouldn't be messing with it. So, like, he understands that he's not... He's not this huge skeptic. He's just like, oh... Well, yeah, let's get out of here. To be fair, for the first, like, three episodes, Andy was very into supernatural stuff and totally believed in it before they decided to... Oh, that's the part I meant that reminded me of Andy. Yeah. Not the, not the weird skeptic thing he did later. No, I was actually thinking about that pilot episode. You fought episode. a Wendigo, dude. And in that episode, everyone was just like, yeah, Wendigos exist. Like... The FBI lady who, granted, was a Wendigo, but she came in and she's like, yo, I'm hunting Wendigos. And you were like, cool. Yeah, that's probably what's been attacking people. And then suddenly you're surprised witches exist. I mean, honestly, what happened is they'd written themselves into a corner because in that very first episode, he's like, yeah, Wiccans, it's a real thing. Look it up, Daryl. So there's no reason for him not to be in on what's going on with Prue and dating her and for everything to be fine. They had to figure out a way out of it. 
And then they realized the way out was to kill the bull. Wow. That's what happened. Yeah. Not wrong. Anyway, Paige is going to work. Yeah, Paige is going to work and she's like, okay, Glenn, I'm going to leave you here. Don't go up in the attic and read any weird looking books you might find. Don't let my sisters turn you into a frog. I mean, that's how it's going to happen, but that just seems like a witch thing, right? Oh, well, it's definitely a later season's Piper thing. <laughs> but Piper Piper comes up and she's like, Paige, you can't just leave your guest alone in the house. That would be rude and unwise of you. And, Paige and, like, and Piper and Leo can't keep an eye on him because they're going to go have Daryl get them to in to talk to this guy who's on trial yeah they're like we have to go do something not suspicious like talk to a murder suspect but maybe don't leave glenn your friend alone in this house maybe stay home with glenn and don't go to work okay we have to go do something that's not talking to a murder suspect bye so they go down to the jail where this guy's being held the defense attorney is like the jury is already in deliberations only a miracle could save him now. And I'm like, you're a terrible defense attorney because nothing can save him now. You're done, dude. You had your turn and it's over. I, know. I mean, I guess that could be an appeal, but you know what I mean? I know that reopening a trial at this point is massively unconstitutional, but I just can't say no to kids. That's a Simpsons reference. But, but yeah, he's like, are you just journalists looking for dirty little secrets the, to... the defendant is like that yeah the defendant is like are you journalists who just want to publish my dirty laundry in your filthy newspapers and they're like no we're from a very powerful group of very connected people who have your best interests at heart which jesus christ phrased that more sinisterly oh uh you know i said that there was no real evidence to convict this guy i forgot the part about the okay do we talk about the fact that this guy is a stage magician? In addition to having premonitions, his day job is that he's a stage magician. Whose big thing is throwing knives. Whose big thing is throwing knives. And one of the knives that he throws is what was used to murder his ex-wife, which who he was on good terms with. Again, just like with just like with Paige and Glenn. I like the kind of dynamic where it's like, yeah, we didn't work out romantically, but we we're still super good friends. Yeah. I it would have been nice to see more of this sort of thing. Yeah. It would be nice to see more of it in general in fiction. Mm. So, yeah, he says that the club owner was cooking the books. His wife was like an accountant. She must have caught on. He told her not to confront him because he would definitely kill her. And then she disappeared. And now I have no idea who... No, he, know, he, knows, it was, he knows it was this guy. That's why this defense attorney is terrible. Why would he not raise that? What yeah. is going on? Yeah, like... And there's apparently evidence, like, if they looked at this guy's finances, right? I mean, I guess demons are helping him cover that up somehow, because this is an episode of Charm, so there needs to be demons. And I mean, I don't have any... I don't find it unrealistic that the cops didn't follow a very obvious lead that was very easy to follow, but I really feel like his defense attorney should have raised that, because all you need... <laughs> All you need is reasonable doubt. Introducing an alternative perpetrator is like a, a basic way to introduce whatever. So Piper and Leo go to the club to see the club owner. Who's not her club. Not her club. The the magic club. Which is disgusting and filled with rats. Yes. 
Piper freezes one, and uh, Leo's like, ha ha, were you scared of a little rat? That's so womanly of you, you woman, you. And Piper's like, look, you're just lucky I didn't blow the thing up. And then unfreezes it. So the club owner storms in like, who are you? This is my club and you shouldn't be here. By the way, his shirt sleeves are rolled up and he his Medusa tattoo is clearly visible. I like how he points directly in their faces. So the tattoo is like right up against Piper's face. He's like, get out of my club. We're closed. And she's like, oh, murder tattoo. In the other hand, by the way, he's holding an accounts book. So like, he's just like. <laughs> just the fact that he's like, yep. This is the tattoo that I was showing off in the premonition when I murdered that lady. And right here in my other hands, all the motivation, all those cooked books. Back in the jury room, Phoebe's like, I don't know why you people aren't willing to look at the evidence before we convict a man of murder. And they're like, we did like twice. There's so much evidence. There's not really that much evidence, though. Yeah, I mean, it's mostly, I mean, it's mostly... I don't know if the I don't know if that's circumstantial the the premonition thing the knife thing is definitely circumstantial. Like if if just just to just to throw this out there, mm-hmm. circumstantial doesn't actually mean like therefore we throw it out. It only means like take it into like in the totality of the circumstances, and it does appear to indicate a certain thing. Yeah, no, but that that's what I mean, like. Yeah. The fact that she was killed with one of his knives, and the fact that he knew uh, less so the fact that he knew where her body was. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big. Uh, although, I I don't know. I was gonna say why would he go to the police and Who lead them to the to? body, but I guess people do do strange things when they commit murders, especially murders that are murders of passion, which this would have been. But whatever. I just want to say on my own like twelve angry men moment, mm-hmm. we had. A recording of a phone call where she was on the phone, where where the victim was on the phone with the the perpetrator discussing the assault, and then him confessing to it on videotape, and then several witnesses uh, of the assault, and it was like, and we still had that guy Henry Fonda eat it up out there. So Fifi's like, well, you can't vote guilty because magic exists. And they're like, what? And she's like, yeah, the premonition. It was probably magic because magic's real. Don't you all believe in magic? And the foreman gives her this like death glare. Okay. I'm watching this and I'm going, this is San Francisco and you have 12 people in a room and you're telling me none of them believe in magic other than Phoebe. Well, she zeroes in on, she zeroes in on this one. She's like, you, you have an angel pin. What does that angel pin mean? And the one's like, well, it was a gift for my mother. I guess she thought it would protect me. And Phoebe's like, ha, you believe in magic. You can't vote guilty. <laughs> I mean. So what's funny is I spent this week at a training for people who are, who hear voices. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, to. To deal with. People. To work with people who yeah. hear voices. Work with is nicer than deal with, I think. Yeah. And one of the things that they talked about at the, at the top was, okay, but what non-conformist beliefs do you have? So they asked just, they're like, safe space. Who believes in telepathy? Who believes in aliens? Who believes in angels? Who believes in, you know? Yeah. And that's essentially what Phoebe's doing. So she's like, she sees uh, Leo 
like winking at her and waving his arms from the bathroom and she's like i have to go to the bathroom again so she runs into the they try to stop her and i'm just like this woman clearly has ibs let her run to the bathroom for god's sake i mean she doesn't but that's what i would assume yeah i mean i mean i would honestly assume that she was buying time but if she did have IBS, that would go very poorly for you. I mean, the speed with which she was running to the bathroom, I was like, ah, she needs to get to the bathroom. So she gets there, and Leo and Piper are sure that this guy did it, so they're going to use their magic to scare him into a confession. Okay, let's go back a few years to, I think it was season two. No, no, it was season three because Phoebe was in college. Yep. Uh, when Prue was helping a man whose daughter was murdered by some guy, and since it was just some guy and not a demonic thing, although I guess technically this is a demonic thing. But they don't know that yet. It's true. They don't know that yet. Since it was just some guy, Prue could not use her powers to get the guy to confess to murder. That was, that was a thing. That would be personal gain. Mm Mm-hmm. I called bullshit then, and I call bullshit now, and apparently it's not personal gain. It's weird how you can you can have it coming and going there. Yeah, right? Because it's a bullshit, like, rule in the first place, but then don't establish a bullshit rule and then come back later and be like, yeah, but it, it doesn't count in this instance. It's cool when we do it. Prue's dead. What are they going to do? So, since I... So you all end up with giant comedy boobs. There you go. I mean, don't give them any ideas. So since I criticized the cinematographer earlier for not knowing how to use the shots from 12 Angry Men, mm-hmm. I do want to praise this shot where, you know, Phoebe sends them on their way to do their magical interfering that apparently is okay now. And then she opens the door to leave the bathroom. And when she opens the door, that kind of fades into the attic so that it appears that like it, the camera moves to where she's stepping, but what the camera reveals is the attic, not the not the deliberation room. It's just a really nicely done shot, and it's one of those things where it's like it doesn't call too much attention to itself, and it's just like a little a little flourish that doesn't need to be there. Just like oh, that's just a little like okay, so little 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 bit of little bit of extra psha. So the thing that we cut to is Glenn flipping casually through the Book of Shadows and Paige comes into the attic and she's like, oh no. She's like, wait, I can explain. Okay, I want to point out there are two ghosts who probably should have stopped Glenn from doing this. Like, Oh, oh, you think Graham's go ahead and just nail people? Hallowell tried to stop this? Grams thinks this is fucking hilarious. I, I was I was thinking more, yes, Grams should have stopped him because the book and all. But I was thinking more who's ever ghost is in charge of the door to the attic because sometimes the door to the attic is sealed by a mystical force that stops people from coming in and other times people can just come in all willy-nilly. I'm pretty sure Grams opened the door for him. <laughs> But he's like, so Paige, you're part of a cult now, huh? And Paige is like, I'm not part of a cult. I'm a real witch who has actual magic. And the guy's like, look, I believe in real actual magic. I just don't believe in you. (laughs) But this seems like some crazy bullshit. Did you see the ice cream man, Paige? (laughs) 
There's a divine ice cream man who traps demonic children in this book. Maybe think some stuff over. Okay, that would have been a good argument, which he does not make. He is like, what is with all of these scary demons? And she's like, we killed them. We're good. We're the good guys. They look like monsters to you. Oh, have you not played Silent Hill 2? I have not played Silent Hill 2. There, there's a thing where the guy who's trapped in Silent Hill is uh, having a conversation with the guy he runs into at the bowling alley. Uh-huh. And, uh, and he, he asks him, he's like, Do you, what, what's going on with this town? Why are there monsters everywhere? And the guy at the bowling alley is like, oh, they look like monsters to you. And it, it's this kind of hint that James might have just flipped out and is going around the town killing regular people. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Which, I mean, we know he's not because there's like five dozen Silent Hill games. Right. So Paige decides she's going to prove to him that she is a witch. I was going to say prove to him that magic is real, but he already believes that. She just needs to prove that she is, in fact, a witch and not part of a cult. Although those things aren't mutually exclusive. Yeah. So she reads a spell in the book that's supposed to open his mind, except they don't use the phrase open your mind, which is an actual phrase that humans say. Stretch your imagination. Which is not a thing people say, but I guess they needed to phrase it that way so that what's going to happen can happen. Except that what happens now is that Piper and Leo burst in and are like, what the fuck, Paige? Like... Also, the spell gives him Mr. Fantastic powers. Yeah, we don't see that yet, but that's what's going to happen. It gives him Mr. Fantastic powers. Like. Because it, it stretches. Because it said stretch your imagination. And apparently his imagination are in his arms. I just. Leo and Piper are like, we don't have time for this bullshit. Well, Piper's really mad at Paige. Piper... Piper's like, I thought you said you locked all the doors. And she's like, I thought you meant all the outside doors and not the door to the room with the magic stuff in it. And Piper's, Piper's like, why would I mean the front door? We never lock the front door. So, so Paige is in big trouble. I, I love how Paige is still arguing about this. She's like, he's my friend. It's fine. He's not going to tell anyone. And Piper's like, well... I just want you to know that if we have to kill him, you're going to have to bury him in the backyard next to Andy. So the faces that they're making at each other and the way they're kind of squaring off, I almost feel like Holly Marie Combs is excited to finally have somebody who could do face acting with her. Oh, ouch. I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah. So in the jury room, Phoebe is chicken McLosing it. Like, she's like, she's like, there's not just angels, there's also cupids and sewer demons that steal the eyesight of children and, and angels and, and, and the the whole jury's looking at her like she's completely lost it, which fair. The foreman calls the bailiff and is like, can you tell the judge that we have a juror who needs to be replaced with the alternate, please? And... And Phoebe's like, wait, if I can prove to you all that magic exists, then you all have to vote not guilty with me. But if I can't prove to all of you that magic exists, uh, you know, or if I if I if I if, fail to prove it. Yeah, then I, I will vote guilty with the rest of you and this can all be over. 
And the angel woman's like, you made a powerful ally by noticing my angel pin. So I'm going to back you up. And everyone's going to just have to listen to you because you have one person in your corner now. The bailiff, of course, is listening to this and going, it is so good for the American people that they don't know what happens in jury rooms because they would lose any shred of faith they have left in the system. Yeah. Like, seriously, the bailiff should not be listening to any of this. Yeah, the bailiff is just kind of hanging out behind the foreman. Like, and, and the foreman's like, okay, deal, deal. If you can prove to us that magic exists, this guy's in the clear. Hey, bailiff, we'll call you back later. And the bailiff's like, thanks. Actually, it's worse than that because Phoebe's like, wait, I need you to go bring me a sage stick and an eye of newt and a bat wing. I mean, no, she just asked for a sage stick, but I'm like... And some incense. And some incense, and it's like... Oh, and 12 white candles, I think. Okay, that's not... He shouldn't be doing that. That's not... That is not his job, ma'am. That is true. And to be ambiguously fair, I believe these are the ingredients we saw Grams using when she was doing the ghost summoning spell to talk to Patty. Oh, I was more thinking he shouldn't be getting no, those no, things. No, 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 he definitely shouldn't be getting those things. But those are those are the uh that's sort of the spell that uh, that that's definitely the spell that uh that Grams used to talk to Patty in that one flashback episode. Yeah. But we see Piper just using the incantation near the beginning of this season uh, to call Grams forth. Like, yeah, although I feel like Piper has a little more power at that point. She's she's in her like throes of depression moment. Yeah. I mean, also, we know that Grams can come and go as she pleases. Yes. Okay, so I just had a total. I'm just I'm just putting this out there. We have seen two witches managed to successfully do this spell on their own yes that is important. one of whom is not even one of the charmed ones that is important to put out there i'm sorry i just had an image for a, like how it should have ended mm-hmm. instead of asking the bailiff to get that stuff because that's not his job the bailiff should have left the door is closed and she's like wait i need a sage stick leo and then leo <laughs> like arms in and she's like leo go get me a sage stick and then he like arms out the whole jury room staring at her she's like oh that's not the magic he's just an angel don't worry about it okay a yes definitely b something that does not occur to her at literally any point phoebe you can levitate what's funny is uh i guess spoilers but she loses her levitation later so i was like wait can she levitate at this point yeah she can levitate This is during the brief window where she has an active power that she can show off that isn't, like, her empathy. You know, they did it so seldom, and then they were so fast to take it away from her. I suspect that they were never happy with the effect, and they tried to make us forget that she could do it. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't really use it all that often. No, that's what- and the effects never really looks that good. That's what I- I think that they were like, ah! I don't know why they chose levitation for her. I mean- I know we've talked about this a lot, but it's a very odd active power to give to Phoebe. Yeah. None of their active powers make sense. Except except possibly for Piper's. If you think about the way that her active power is, or her secondary power, rather. Oh, it, oh you mean their, sec- yeah, their secondary? Yeah. Because her secondary power isn't really a secondary power. We learn that she changes the rate the molecules move so she just speeds them up instead of slows them down which is what she does at the club yes Look at that transition. There, there you go yes piper 
orbs into the club and just starts blowing up shit around the guy and she's like confess to murder confess to murder or i'll blow you up and she's just blowing the shit out of the club and Paige is like this is kind of inelegant and piper's like fuck it don't care we're just all in on this front admit that you murdered that lady or i'm gonna kill you with magic which is real <laughs> what, what what piper doesn't know is that this guy knows magic's real because he is demons are helping him embezzle why because they so that they can fund their uprising to fill to fill the hole left by the source that's that's actually the explanation we're given and the source isn't dead or anything he's just i know he's weaker now and he's been embarrassed a whole bunch but like did we skip over it earlier or does it come up the the reason no i guess guess it comes up later the reason demons need funding i feel like we should also mention why cole isn't in this episode because he's 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 in canada He's, he's on a journey of self-discovery now that he's lost his magic. He doesn't know what he, or his, I guess not magic, his powers, his demonic powers. He doesn't know what he is anymore. Phoebe says he's going on a men's retreat to try to find himself. And you know what? I will, I'm going to put that in my back pocket for later. But what a weird way to write Cole out of this episode. I guess it wouldn't make sense to just not have him in it, like with no explanation. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he doesn't have powers now. It's not that strange. No, I, I think there, he'd be more like... I mean, if, since he doesn't have powers now, he's just bumming around the manor all the time, right? Like, it's not like he's on the run from demons anymore. Oh, anything. I was thinking it's not like they're going to call on him to help. Oh, yeah. But he should, like, I don't know. He should just be sitting on the couch... <laughs> In his boxer shorts, watching Judge Judy and eating cereal out of the box, is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. He probably could have stopped Glenn from going in the attic. He doesn't have powers now, but he still likes he could, to be people He could people be like, up. hey, dude, don't go in the attic. I'm sorry. I got distracted thinking about Julian McMahon sitting on the couch in his boxers. Anyway, the, the murderer, embezzler... He doesn't just own a magic club. He's a magician, too. Yeah, he does a little smoke and whatever, and he falls through a trap door into the basement. But then Piper and Paige can't find where the trap door is. They can't figure out how he did it. But Okay, we are over halfway through this episode at this point. I know we've been talking for 11 million hours, but we're only we're, we're over halfway through the episode, and we're finally meeting the demon. Well, I... It, it really is, they just, like, they literally did just need to throw a demon in there so that it was okay that Piper and Phoebe and Paige used powers to get this guy off of... I don't think that that... I don't think that they needed that. I, I, I legitimately think that this could have just been the powers that be were like, or the elders in this case, I guess, were like, yo... This dude's a precog that needs help, and white lighter sucks. He could have been a future white lighter. Yeah, they love going to that well all the goddamn time. They do. Anyway, oh, it's... Okay, so this is, like, the most brutal scene I think Charmed ever did. Because the guy slides into the basement, and he's confronted by the demon that's been helping him cook the books. And the demon's like, really? The demon, by the way, the demon is a rat who turns into a demon. Like, that's his thing. He's a rat demon. Yeah. Oh, I guess, yeah, rat was established earlier in the episode. Yeah, right? But 
I think Glenn's stretching was established earlier in the episode, too. It was. We kind of skipped over it, but... I mean, we mentioned it. We Well, we mentioned that Paige read the spell, but we didn't mention that he figured out he can stretch, and he's like, whoa! But anyway, to go back to the horrible thing, uh, the rat demon is like, hey, dude, so I wasn't expecting you to call witches on us. S- never mind the charmed ones. You are in so much trouble right now. He turns him into a rat and then calls forth a wave of other rats that eat him alive. Yep. Like, like this is, I'm sorry, this is Charmed. The show where everyone, no matter what, just kind of explodes into a little CGI fire and then disappears forever. This is insanely brutal for Charmed. And you see the rats, I mean, they're not actually tearing the other rat apart, but you see them like... Yeah. eating the other it's it's incredibly graphic for charmed like it's a horrifying death it is a horrifying horrifying death and the rat guy turns back into rats and rats off while the sisters finally find the basement and Paige and piper are like ew look at that rat that's being torn apart by other rats gross but i guess the guy isn't here i guess that's not the guy they they don't know that that's the guy uh, yeah the whole thing it's it was un- honestly it's very very hard to watch it's unexpected for charmed it is yeah unexpectedly gruesome back at the manor Paige is like so can we just go to the cops now and piper's like no not in time for this guy to be exonerated and glenn is hiding around the corner pinching Paige's butt from around the corner with his stretchy powers yeah, and Paige just, she keeps losing track of what Piper's saying because Glenn continually pinches her on the butt with his stretching powers. And Piper Piper points out the fact that Paige is doing that thing that you do when you're not actually listening to someone where you just echo the last thing they said. The last thing they said? The last thing they said. Oh, okay. <sighs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, she switches positions with Paige and Glenn pinches her butt and Piper's like, Jesus Christ, Paige. Really? Really? And Paige is like, why can't I have friends in the manor? She actually tells Piper, you told me that if I became a witch, I would still be able to have a life. And it's like, oh, they were lying to you, Paige. That was a lie. Also, now is not the time to pull that card. But Piper's like, look, I will murder your little friend later. We have to finish dealing with Phoebe's dumb trial thing. Well, Leo shows up to tell them what's going on, and Paige raises a very good point, which is, so it's not okay for me to tell my boyfriend I'm a witch, but Phoebe can go tell the entire jury that she's a witch. Yes. Yeah, I mean, haven't you, fig- haven't you figured out the pecking order yet, Paige? You are very at the bottom now. Leo's like, well, this is different. This is to save a life. And I'm like, I feel like you have kept your secret over saving lives many times before and will do it many times again. So so Glenn's like, can I help out? I can I can stretch now. And Paige is like, just sit in the corner, order a pizza. Don't talk to anyone or do anything. So Leo, the reason that the re- they're leaving is because Leo needs to take piper and Paige to see phoebe because she can't raise the dead on her own yes she is trying the ghost summoning spell but apparently it needs the power of three which i'm sorry it never it, has before it never has before 
how bad is Phoebe at being a witch that she can't summon a ghost? And the thing is, we know she's good at being a... This is just... This is just... I mean, unforgivably incompetent i mean she lost her interest in like i mean honestly magic basically when she met cole because you know she used to be the one who constructed her own spells and you know right? she, she was always about experimenting with their powers and stuff in like season one so i guess we should let that go but yeah she can't summon a simple ghost by herself i miss i miss competent phoebe Anyway, Glenn is alone in the manor now, and uh-oh, we see the, the rat demon. Yeah, the rat's watching him. So, in the courthouse, Phoebe is trying to summon Angela. Might be a good time to throw in a little bit of that levitation. She's just You are so hung up on this levitation. I'm sorry, it bothers me so much. Like, you know, Buffy. Yes. I'm familiar. In the worst episode of Buffy. Beer bad? Normal again. Oh, okay. She gets sent away to an asylum when she tells her parents about the vampire, about, you know, having to fight vampires and stuff because it's not something she can prove. Like, she's strong, superhumanly strong, but feasibly you could just be like, oh, that's adrenaline or something. Uh Uh-huh. Like, Buffy's superpowers are easily written off as, you know, okay, you're having some sort of a weird physical thing like yeah it's within the realm of possibility that someone could be that strong phoebe can fucking levitate like no i mean you're yeah it's also it's a little sticking point in gingerbread too when willow's having that argument with her mom about how she's a real witch Uh uh-huh and her mom's not believing her and i'm like willow you can levitate objects with your mind like that would be if you want to prove to your mom that you're a witch. Just do that. Yeah. But, like, in shows and stuff where there is magic and you have to reveal to someone that there's magic, normally there's something inhibiting you so you can't just be like, Hey, Henry, I know you're under the dark curse, but look, this lady can create fireballs with her mind, so clearly magic is real. Like, there usually needs to be a reason that you can't just show off magic powers. I just I okay there should be but all oh, so many times there's not that's one of the reasons that I made that rule when we watched the American remake of Ghosts because it was bugging me my rule is that if you have that kind of like oh this person sees ghosts or oh this person has magic or whatever the rest of the cast has an episode and a half max that they get to not believe it before I'm like done with them yeah, I mean, that's why it was way easier to get into the British version, because her husband believes her within the first episode. He's like, oh, okay, you see ghosts. That's, that, that makes sense to me. Yeah, and the thing is, uh, again, with with that show, like, the reason like she could just demonstrate, like, the British, in the British version, she, when she needs to convince someone that ghosts are real, she just does the stuff that you can do when you can talk to ghosts to demonstrate that ghosts are real. Like, it's a very easy-to-prove thing. Yeah. I, <laughs> this is kind of my thing because I I have I have since gotten into the American version of ghosts, mm-hmm. as you know, but so often when stuff is happening, I'm like, just tell people you see ghosts. Fuck it. There's no like rule of secrecy, and if they don't believe you, who cares? Like, 
Yeah. Just let them think you're the weird lady who owns the old house who thinks she sees ghosts. How? What? What's the? What's so bad about that? Considering the alternative. Yeah. Like okay, in the in the Halloween episode that just happened, okay, where Jay had to go to the house and like take the feather duster back, and he just let them think that he was either enti- either super bizarre or very rude, and I'm like, just tell them. The house is haunted and the ghost wants the feather duster back. They did a seance with you. Clearly they're open to you saying that. Whatever. So Leo Leo shows up with Piper and Paige and Piper freezes the room so that they can all come out, have a whole discussion about how they're going to use the white lighter memory dust after they, after everyone votes not guilty, they're going to use the white lighter memory dust. And... This is when Leo says that they can't just use it all willy-nilly because it's not that precise. What if he, like, makes someone forget that they have a doctor's appointment or a child? Like, Yeah, yeah which, understandable. I, I, I like that. Now there's a reason to not use it all the time. Yeah, but they are going to use it in this instance. Hey, hey, if you want to demonstrate magic was real, why didn't you just, you know, do that teleport in front of everyone, like you said earlier? <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, they, they, well, everyone's frozen. They do the spell to summon, the, by the way, they're summoning the ghost of the dead ex-wife. Mm-hmm. That's the plan. Another thing that they weren't allowed to do in the episode, you know, before. And the dead ex-wife appears floating there in space. Okay. It's a really little thing, but I like it. Uh, Piper and everyone else heads into the bathroom and Piper kind of just sticks out her hand and unfreezes the room. Because she can't freeze from another room. Yes. And then the door closes and the camera shifts back to Phoebe and Phoebe's, you know, Phoebe repeats the last part of the spell again. But if you look where the bathroom door is, you really briefly see a blue light shine underneath it. Oh, that that is a small, cool thing. Yeah. But Phoebe finishes the spell now that she's gotten juiced up by her sisters and successfully summons the ghost of the dead wife who, uh... Whose name is Angela, by the way. Like, an angel. She tells them that her ex-husband didn't do it, he wouldn't kill anyone, it was, you know, the club owner, because he's in with demons or whatever. She doesn't say the demon thing, but he was cooking the books. Well, oh, and also that her ex-husband is a kind man who wouldn't hurt anyone, and he has the gift of premonition. She knew the whole time. Yeah. She's like, I knew that, he, I always knew that he could see the future, but he never wanted to nurture his gift. He always wanted to run from it. And, you know, you need to learn to embrace your gifts, everyone. And, uh, by the way, he didn't kill me, everyone. He didn't kill me. And this one guy in the jury's like waving his hands through and he's like, I don't see any wires. Where are the wires? And I'm like, okay, but this wouldn't be done with wires. The way that this is happening, if this was a trick, it would be a Pepper's Ghost illusion, which is actually a really cool trick. You should like just read the Wikipedia entry for how it's done. It's very complicated, but it's very cool. It's very cool. And it's what they use in, it's an old, old trick, but it's what they use in the Haunted Mansion at Disney to do the ballroom ghost scene. And it involves essentially a giant piece of glass and a reconstruction of the room that you're in with like a statue or a person or whatever that can then be reflected on the glass. And so really what you should be looking for is the mirror image of the jury room that she was clearly building in the bathroom when she was in there for 20 minutes. 
Pepper's ghost. Pepper's ghost. So, anyway. Fun uh, fact, the way the Pepper's ghost illusion works is also the basis for how teleprompters work. It's a cool trick. It is a cool trick. So, so uh, the ghost says, my ex-husband, not guilty, Phoebe Hollowell, totally a real witch, out suckers. Actually, what she says is blessed be before she voips back into the afterlife, which... Because the wicked religion is the one true religion, so after you know that, then when you get to the good place, you just start, everyone's a wicked. Yeah, except the people who knew that in life probably have, like, better ghost powers. Actually, we know that's definitely true because Grams is way more powerful as a ghost than a lot of other people and later can just manifest on the physical plane whenever she wants. Yeah, yeah. Actually, no, I was joking. Like, she could have been wicked in life. Yeah, yeah, because I, I, I had the same thought where... I, at first, it was like, it's weird that she's signing off with Blessed Be, but then it was like, oh, she knew her husband was a witch. He wasn't a witch, he just has a power. He has a power, but, like, I feel like that would kind of lead you into a more spiritual realm. So I, I would accept her, even pre-ghost, probably maybe being into this sort of thing. Yeah, I, I you know what, I was joking about people becoming wicked after they die but no yeah i think she's probably wicked yeah, yeah I'd, I'd be here for it so now that the ghost has convinced everyone to vote not guilty they do vote that not yeah. guilty yes they go out and they're like go free young man you're middle-aged man <laughs> and phoebe pulls him aside and she's like hey i want you to know that you have a great gift and your wife told me from beyond that you should embrace your gift and use it. Your ex-wife told me from beyond that you should embrace your gift and use it to make the lives of other people better. And the guy's like, yeah, I admitted to using my gift once and nearly went to jail for murder. I'm never using this thing ever again. Right. Hey, so remember that rat guy? Mm-hmm. Vaguely, kind of, from like, that one horrifying scene earlier. It feels like the episode should be over, but it's not. So we go back to the manor and the rat demon has grabbed Glenn and put like a a swordfish collar around his neck. Yeah, there's like this glowing ring of bad energy that's around Glenn's neck and he's like floating in midair. And the rat guy's like, give me all of the financial information that links me to the murderer guy. Or I'll kill this guy. And then he super speeds through the front door with Glenn, smashing it to smithereens. That was just unnecessary. We know it wasn't locked. (laughs) That was just mean at that point. So, yeah, now there's like a whole discussion about why do demons need money? And they're like, well, you know how Cole like actually went to college and law school and was an attorney and that's how they put demons in the human world they they need money to do that yeah yeah which makes sense but it really feels like the episode should be over at this point this whole thing feels very unnecessary but i guess if the episode ran this short i guess it's not just that it's short it's it's weirdly paced yeah because the main story was the jury thing and that's over now okay i'm just throwing this out there Instead of just raising the dead and convincing them that witchcraft was real and having the ghosts say, no, this guy didn't kill me, they should have needed to go to the pier where this guy is to get evidence 
And so this should have all been interspersed in with the 12 Angry Men plot. But anyway, they know that the pier is where, because everybody keeps talking about the pier where all the shit goes down, so they know that's where he is, so... Piper's like, so should we just wait until they kill Glenn so we don't have to worry about that ourselves? Or, And Paige is like, no, but I'm supposed to have a life outside of being a witch. Come on, don't don't kill Glenn. They are really sweating this rat demon for some reason. He's, he's a demon who turns into a rat. Y'all just go down to the pier and vanquish him real quick. You should not be spending so much time worried about it. Also, I... They, they don't know that the guy who actually killed the ex-wife is dead. Right. So they're like, I don't know. Yeah, this whole this whole thing, it feels really weird to have the whole last 10 minutes or so of an episode dedicated to wrapping up things that were barely plot threads. Yeah. So in the end, it's Leo and Paige who are going to go down to the docks because... Paige feels guilty since she's the one who put Glenn in danger by telling him she was a witch. I guess this was also Paige could learn her lesson. Like, hey, hey, Paige, we know that it seemed like we were being selfish by saying don't tell him. And we definitely were. But now that he's in danger, we can pretend that it was about, you know, being worried about him. Yeah. Which, I mean, to be fair, every human guy who gets vaguely involved in their lives does kind of die horribly. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So... Paige sees some rats and is like, hey, rat demon, and all of the rats turn into demons because they're all rat demons. And now there are a bunch of rat demons in the alley. Okay, so I know maybe they want human justice to prevail or whatever, but why not just give the rats the records? Who cares? Right? Like. Who cares? The charmed one's job isn't to battle magic club fraud. (laughs) Like. You're not on, you're not on, like, Bank of America's payroll I if they're, like, defrauding their, I don't even understand what fraud, whatever, doesn't matter, this is so, this is so unnecessary. Also, you killed the guy who is doing the fraud for you. Ugh. Like. Anyway, at the club, at the club, Piper and Phoebe are there, and the main rat demon is there, and... He's like, what if I just kill you and take the records? And they're like, we're the charmed ones, motherfucker. And he's like, but what about this random man I found in your house? I will definitely kill him. And they're like, God, if we let him die, Paige will not shut up. So, okay. So they they hand him the tape with the records on them. It's, on it. it's the confession... It's the confession that Wilkes... Wilkes was the name of the club owner. It's the confession that Wilkes gave. But, okay, why do the charmed ones care? Why do demons care about a confession? I, uh... Oh, I'm sorry. Paige went to talk to the rat guy's bosses about exposure or whatever. That's what they were doing with the other rat guys. Because once he gets the confession... <sighs> Once he gets the confession, he's like, I'm going to kill Glenn anyway. And then he randomly bursts into flames because the rat guy's bosses were like, he was revealing too much, I guess, or whatever. Okay, I'm going to do another how it should have ended here. Because here's the deal. The sisters don't want to be exposed to the human world. The demons don't want to be exposed to the human world. How about if everybody just like quietly puts their shit down? 
and turns around and walks away just for just for right now. So the rat guy's boss or whatever uh, undoes the pain ring on Glenn and he's like, I guess we'll call this one a draw for now. Oh, the thing I just said? Yeah. yeah. And and everyone's like, I mean, what was the point of this? By the way, we also killed that guy so you don't have to worry about that. Like, It's an ending. It's an ending. So yeah, now Glenn knows that they're witches and he's like, okay, I guess that's okay. I'm, uh... I'm gone forever. Bye, Paige. Good luck with this. Try not to get killed like their last sister. I mean, he actually does say he's gonna stick around for a while, but I don't remember I don't that much. I he comes back again. Uh, Which is too bad, considering how, uh, dismissive we've been of Glenn's plot, because it was barely a plot. But I like this relationship. Yeah, Glenn... Personality-wise, he's fine. Like, I guess the main thing we got out of him was the butt pinching, which isn't great. But, like, he's not offensive or whatever. He's fine. It's his dynamic with Paige that's interesting. And it would have been neat if he had stuck around. And, like, he kisses Paige goodbye and then walks through the door that Leo just rebuilt. That's why you marry a handyman who's also an angel. Mm. And... Piper's like, so are you dating Glenn or what? And Paige is like, eh, don't worry about it. Or is, is, is Leo going to mind wipe him? And Piper's like, we've decided that we all need to chillax a little bit. So we'll just let Glenn know our secret and whatever. And I'm then, sure this won't lead to a future where Phoebe gets burned at the stake. And Paige is like, you know what? Piper, you were right. And Piper's like, you know what? I think we're going to get along just fine. But, yeah. Also, Phoebe comes through the door, and apparently she's been talking to the other jurors just to make sure they don't remember who she is, and they don't. So, the secret of magic is secure. Yay! And, yeah. The end. The end. The episode really should have ended with the whole Phoebe being like, you have a gift or whatever. I legitimately forgot about those last 10 minutes. And the weird thing where they talked to the council of rat demons that apparently exists and the guy was exposing them. I, I don't, I don't know. It's it, mostly a good episode. I, I, yeah, I, it really is. I know we were smack talking and going on long tangents uh, in this one. I actually think we went on a lot fewer tangents than we usually do because this was a good episode. Yeah. Yeah, this was a good episode, but the last 10 minutes are really weird. And also the Glenn gets stretchy powers thing is kind of underbaked. It gets used like twice. And Paige offhandedly mentions that she undoes it later in the episode. Like, Yeah, there really should have been either more focus on the actual crime and who committed it. And also possibly a completely different B-plot and it would have been a perfect episode but you know it was fine especially by charm standards it was great by charm standards yeah it just it feels weird that they gave glenn a stretching power and then it literally gets used for nothing you'd think it would come back in the third act right check off stretching power yeah anyway next episode is called lost and bound and the plot description is page discovers a 10 year old runaway can start fires by force of will Ooh. Oh, I'm excited about this episode. I vaguely remember it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited uh, about this episode. Yeah. I I am as well. Although, honestly, 
I'm just marking time until we get to uh, the fifth Halloween. You're just waiting for Ask Phoebe. I am just waiting for Ask Phoebe. I have a, I have a special thing when we get to Ask Phoebe that I'm very excited about. Alright, but for now, much like the Charmed Ones, we have our own power of three. The first power in our pack is Premonition, who in this episode is, was, or will become famous later. Let's take that foreman out of our back pocket, huh? Yeah, that foreman's name is Patrick Fischler, who you might remember from such roles as Jimmy Barrett on Mad Men, or Dan in Mulholland Drive, or... Dan. Yeah, or Theo in American Gigolo, or of course, the author in Once Upon a Time. Of course, that's what we're building to. This guy was the author in Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time's sadly only canonically Jewish character, who, you know, that's a little bit of a rough one, Walt Disney Corporation, but he's a fun character. Uh, yeah, no, I really like that character, so... Yeah, it's just, it's unfortunate that he's the only canonically Jewish character in Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, you'll recognize him from stuff. He's been a vaguely sinister man in a lot of things. It's true. He's got that kind of, like... I feel like... Okay, this isn't... It's weird because this isn't any of the other roles I named, and it's definitely not the role he played on Once Upon a Time, but for some reason he seems perfect to me to doubt the existence of magic. Yeah, he, he does have that kind of uh, like, aesthetic. He has the kind of everyman aesthetic that you could like perfectly drop into a supernatural fantasy, a modern fantasy show, and be like, oh yeah, but this is a normal guy. He's not going to believe. You know what he feels like? feels like the dad in an 80s fantasy adventure movie fantasy or sci-fi yeah movie. yeah the single dad yeah who's like raising a kid who's got like a bull haircut and a friend who's like an alien or a vampire or made of bees or something you are so right that is exactly why i think he's the guy who won't yeah okay perfect yes exactly i believe that will take us to our second segment time freeze what specifically dated this episode uh, at the end, when Paige tells Piper that she was right, she says, uh, so my apology, do you want me to say it or do you want me to email it to you? Email? Send me a text, Paige. Okay, Grandma Dinosaur. S- slide into my Instagram DMs. Honestly, I feel like angels were kind of hot at this point. I, okay, this is weird and I don't know if I can back this up, mm-hmm. but... I feel like Willard was the movie with the rats was recently was recent enough that this was not not a reference to but like was in the zeitgeist. Wasn't wasn't there a remake with that like guy who was is it Crispin Glover? He was the creepy guy from the Charlie's Angels movies. It's the remake that had recently happened. Yeah, yeah. I don't know when that happened in relation to this episode, but yes, Crispin Glover is the creepy thin man in Charlie's Angels. Also, he's in he's. He's uh, George McFly in the first Back to the Future movie, but not either of the sequels. Also, he, like, beat up David Letterman on The Tonight Show or something. Oh, I didn't know that. Good for him. Crispin Glover's a weird guy. He's a weird guy in real life. And yes, he was in Willard. And Willard came out in... Oh, Willard came out in 2003. So never mind, Willard hasn't come out yet. Huh. 
the 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 rats thing really feels like a reference to something and i know there was the earlier willard movie but yeah but that was way too old yeah was willard was the person who decided to remake willard were they watching this and they were like hey rats there's a thought that's it rats anyway that's that's all i have and all i have is it's not a real thing i guess I believe that will bring us to our last segment, telekinesis. What, if anything, genuinely moved you this episode? I had nothing. I There were a few emotional moments they tried to make land, like Phoebe's connection with the woman over the angel pin thing, or her telling the, you know, not murderer guy to embrace his gift or whatever, but... Yeah, no, this was a good, solid episode, but nothing really moved me. Yeah. Yeah. But we did have, and we've already discussed it to death, but I think we did have a secret power. Yes, much like the Charmed Ones, our powers have grown over time, and I believe that the power we'll be invoking is molecular combustion. What blew apart continuity this episode? I mean, we already talked it to death, but what is personal gain? If you could just, like... Blow the shit out of... a. Um, it's literally the same situation Prue was in, where there was a human guy who murdered a human woman, and, you know, but you can't use magical means to get him to confess, although, granted, and, and in that episode, they got a ghost to solve the problem, too. But she had to find an unrelated ghost to freak the guy out, so, uh, okay, maybe, you know what, maybe it doesn't matter. It's a mess. It's a mess. Also, I'm I'm counting Phoebe not being able to summon a ghost by herself as uh, negative continuity. Like, Grams wasn't a charm, granted, Grams was a very powerful witch, but she wasn't a charm Still... and she could do it. Yeah. Like, come on, Phoebe. Get off your ass. Do some witch Pilates. So I think that'll do it. Yeah, I think that'll about do it for this week. Our show's partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of our supporters, head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maracruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, and Dan. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show... You can email us at ilovetelevisionzines at gmail.com or tweet at us, although who knows by the time this episode comes out, at ilovetvzines. Fingers crossed on we'll Twitter see. still existing. We'll see. I just got into it like two years ago. It feels unfair to have it taken away. I know my account is much older than that i made one in college and then proceeded to not use it for 18 years or so you know i had a tumblr eight years god i had a tumblr for us that i haven't used in forever i guess i guess we'll go back to tumblr find us on tumblr folks i'll give out the link later i'll put it on twitter (laughs) so so uh Until next time, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this has been Welcome to the Hall of All Manor.